0: Thank you, right? Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? STAT 2? Who'd
1: want to do that?
0: Sequels suck. Two in the box! Ready to go!
2: We be fast (laughs) and
1: they be slow! Wow!
2: A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now!
1: I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker 2.
2: Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator.
3: The same shit happened to the same guy twice. Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are your films.
0: Ahoy, mateys. You have been shipwrecked into Inside the Sequel. You know what this podcast is. It's the podcast where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love or attention. I am your host, as always, Chris Hurtado. And uh, I invite you on today's episode where we explore pirates of the caribbean three at world's end
1: did no one come to save me just because they missed me <laughs> i'm standing over there with him from walt disney pictures
3: every secret what who come again
1: will be revealed Ooh, i like that
3: and the greatest adventure of them
1: all <laughs> will finally set sail <laughs> should he be doing that
2: Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Rated PD-13 in theaters
3: May 25th.
0: And this is a movie I'm excited to talk about, not only because I'm a fan of it, but because I have one new guest and one returning guest. I have, first off, Mark Warner back from his Transformer episodes with us, and he's here again for Pirates. Mark, how are you?
1: What's up, Chris? (laughs) Feeling pretty (laughs) cool today.
0: That's good. Keep it cool, baby. And uh, we have new guest. We have freaking Hayden Gilbert on for the first time ever. Hayden, how are you, my guy?
2: Oh, I'm doing... I'm I'm living the dream, Chris. And I just want to say, this movie starts with a child getting hanged. And uh, you'd think it'd be rated ARG.
0: <laughs> well, I hope you guys have your rum. And I will say... You guys can be my first mates on this episode because um, I'm very excited to talk about this one. Um, You know, this one had some controversy with figuring out um, who I wanted to have on here. And I was like, I know Mark Water likes this movie. And eventually he was like, got to get hated in, got to get hated. And I was like, Mm. I feel like everyone has told me to get hated on this podcast. And uh, I just had it because- I don't want the spotlight on anyone else but myself, of
1: course. So that makes anybody... me
2: that makes me feel so special. Yes.
1: I'm thrilled, thrilled to be here. Although I do have to say, I originally pitched Chris <laughs> on a different movie in this franchise. Yeah, a movie I that would... we
2: have been on record as like saying is one of the greatest movies ever made. It is
1: one of the greatest movies ever.
2: <laughs> and he gave us the the one that came
1: after it. <laughs> <laughs> but but inside the sequel fashion especially <laughs> after rewatching it i've learned this is one i like better with each viewing but yeah, I mean, it's good no
2: i really like this one even even when we rewatched them a few years ago and you and our other friend weren't super high on it i, I was still like no, no no that movie's that movie's better than people give it credit for it. but well,
1: even when i was preparing for this i did the i watched both dead man's chest and this one and the whole time I was just watching Dead Man's Chest, I'm like, I got to talk about that. Oh, I got to talk about that. I got to talk. About- oh, fuck. I'm not going to get to talk about any of this. <laughs> you know, what's funny. It's because this is a
0: podcast, believe it or not, where we talk about sequel movies don't get enough love or attention. And I was under the impression that everyone loves Dead Man's Chest. But again, mm. that movie is one of the goaded few movies, along with Spirit. Um, the, hor- the, the Horse of the Cimarron. Stallion Dream- of the Cimarron. S- Stallion of the Cimarron. That, Attack of the Clones, and Project of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, where I constantly watch those movies on road trips in my grandmother's van that had like the little TV oh. screen. It was those three in circulation. So I was under the impression everybody loves all those movies. Yeah, That's a great rotation.
2: <laughs> I've been there before where it's like, I see something at a young age and love it. I'm like, well, everybody else loves it. I mean, come on. Everybody loved Van Helsing. They did. Yeah. They just did. And <laughs> I then, and then no I grew up means. and then like, yeah, and then I logged onto the internet as like a teenager and everybody was shitting on it. And I was like, oh, well,
1: yeah. mine, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and Mark Water maybe watched Dark of the Moon. And uh, that's the third movie. I, don't, so I, it was I like, don't
1: feel like I've been properly thanked for that yet, by the way.
0: <laughs> I, I was off for six months. I thought that was thank you enough.
2: Yeah, he couldn't <laughs> top it.
0: <laughs> I was, yeah i was like well we did have a, a couple directors and a published author after him granted but mm. uh, i fade
1: into the yeah i think i remember into the background, mark, mark was like, didn't have them
0: i remember when mark was like i can't believe we're recording before these two guests and he's like now i feel like everyone's gonna forget the episode but i still talk about that Bar- dark of the moon episode
1: i'm i mean honored i mean that's that movie's like a gift from god another great like the part moon. three in a mm-hmm. fr- in a, another maligned part
0: three mm-hmm. i feel like correct me if you if i if you guys think i'm wrong but i like at world's end i saw it in theaters i enjoyed it i understand its problems i understand why people don't like it but to me it kind of is like excused by the fact that i watched it at a good age and like i defend it much like and i think it's age, and it's in the third it's a third installment so i pitched these movies and i think it's right up there in contention to have this sort of respect and reverence i think at world's end i think revenge of the sith i think shrek the third and then uh i need one more third installment in the 2000s um we can do this um there was one more movie i know pre like
2: pre-tens,
0: third- huh Oh, I was going to say maybe Resident Evil Extinction as well. That one should get some more love.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Lord of the Rings, Return of the King.
1: You know, obviously people love that. It, that one's always been loved that right that well, i'm one saying like never it, that, unloved
0: that one kickstarted for me the whole the third movie can be good and it'll get better with age you know and i mean spider-man 3 you could throw up there too x-men last stand can be up there as well actually
1: 2007 actually, if like you guys remember time. was kind of the summer of threes you had this you had born ultimatum rush hour three shrek Ooh. the third born ultimatum that is a movie and that is a franchise.
0: I don't hear a lot of people talk about, but I grew up watching those. I, that's why I haven't seen a James Bond movie. I was watching the Bourne movies all
1: the time.
2: All right. I saw oh. the Bourne ultimatum in a sold out show and we were the last people to get tickets. So we were in the front row all the way to the right. Oh, and so no. I was literally looking at that shaky ass action, just like l- looking, looking up and to the left. And to this day, I can't
1: watch any of the Bourne movies. <laughs> That's I mean. worse than being in the front row for a subtitled movie. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys, like, remember, like, life before you could, like,
0: pre-order your tickets and pick your seats, like, on Why Well, any- I don't
2: ever do that. I don't what? like paying the convenience fee. Wait, I'm an old man. I don't like you go.
0: The- well, hated on record, you go to the theater and raw dog your seat. Yeah. That's I, Every nuts. now and then, like,
2: when I have time on, <laughs> like lunch break or something i will run and i know i want to see something later that week i will go up there and buy it pre like like i will buy it at the beginning of the week for the end of the week but i will i go up there physically to
0: buy it. i get the convenience fee but i can't believe you just raw dog and show up and pick up your seat there that's crazy i'm on the amc app and i'm like a week in advance i'm gonna pick my seat here and here and i'm happy do,
1: do you have a list
0: I am an A-lister. Thanks for asking. All right.
1: Well, you're rubbing it in his face because you don't have to pay the convenience fee for A-list. I don't. I don't.
0: Hey, I hear subscribe and listeners to my OnlyFans so we can get Hayden on that A-listers program. Yes, please. (laughs) Pity me. (laughs) Like I assume there's an AMC near him. Like I already know. (laughs) Uh, I think there's one in Houston. I think there's one two hours away. I I, I can drive two hours. Uh, Drive two hours for Firestarter. Uh, There you go. Yeah, I like how off the mic we were talking about Peacock, and I'm now knowing after Halloween Kills, if a horror movie franchise is announced to be on in theaters and on Peacock, just stay home and watch it on Peacock.
1: Those are only the John Carpenter scored movies. That Firestarter,
0: (laughs) it
2: it, it did scare me. Because, I I mean, my most anticipated movie of the year, other than Elvis at this point, is Salem's Lot. And I am so afraid of that opening weekend audience for Salem's Lot. Mm. i'm so scared they're gonna ruin it dude they're gonna ruin it for me (laughs)
0: they're gonna ruin it for me well hold on hold on before we even get started, hayden your first time guest we haven't gotten a chance for the audience to like like educate them on um knowing whether or not you're a sequel fan like this is your first time you're breaking your cherry with us we're happy let us know what do you stand sequel movies do you like them i uh i love
2: sequels yeah this this is another thing about your podcast i i respect and i enjoy uh sequels get way too bad of a rap i i think it i think nowadays just everybody kind of has a million champions just because of the internet and whatever but like uh sequels uh, sequels do get too bad of a rap but uh, i mean the the age-old cliche of the sequels never as good as the original i mean just look at horror franchises alone most of the time that's wrong i, I mean with a lot of big ones like i'm I'm sorry, but a case could be made for almost every Friday thirteenth uh, that that it's better than the original. Um,
1: no. so, yeah, but,
0: I hope no, Mark I Wheaton's hear. listening to this episode right now. Uh, <laughs> but like
2: I mean that's just that's just one off the top of my head. I personally love sequels because they you have all the sorry, but the boring setup stuff out of the way you can just jump in to a new adventure with characters you already care about. And uh I, I've and again, most of this love comes from being a horror fan, and I do feel like there is a built-in kind of excitement for horror sequels, and mm-hmm. I can just bring that to sequels for other movies and stuff. So
0: yeah, um, I will say horror was. movies. This is like a sequel podcast, but it's always had a soft spot for the horror genre, is obviously being a big mm-hmm. horror movie fan. And right. uh, I agree part of the podcast um idea was. I like sequel installments more than I maybe the contrarian to me is always like, I like the sequels more than the originals because everyone loves Halloween and everyone loves the first night in Elm Street, and that gets mm. boring. And like, how do we differentiate ourselves as horror fans? But then when someone like Doug McCambridge goes on air and says, I freaking love Halloween or Howling 2, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but what? You know, it's like, I gotta explore this idea. <laughs> um, like, I mean, and then with, it, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say, and they get like Mark, who's like Transformers the third movie. That's pretty cool, baby. And I'm like, is it? Let's watch that's this true. Movie and figure it out. With
2: with sequels, you can have a more personalized like uh, ownership over sequels than you can originals because originals forever are for everyone, and they're generally beloved because yeah, they are just incredibly well made, really good movies. But there is something that it's like I don't know what to talk about with them because everything's been said it's all fairly obvious about why they're so good you know it's Mm -hmm. more fun to get into like these more unloved movies and you know
0: so is halloween kills one of those unloved movies mark or no
1: absolutely oh absolutely it is i I, I can I, i can see you're smiling you can wipe that smile off your face swipe that smile off your face. the oh, listeners oh were like God. no no keep that smile on he's right <laughs> let's keep that smile on his face oh man hey.
0: <laughs> I knew we were going to talk about Halloween kills and we're trying to like hold it with respect I assume that's for... why you brought
1: us both on because you wanted at least one uh, here's, here's the about thing Halloween about kills. Halloween
2: ends real quick here's the thing about Halloween ends okay so the whole thing with Halloween kills is like they cannot kill Michael with violence they've it, it is it is it is, it is oh, he is overtly supernatural at this point you you cannot kill him with violence i they've got to go crazy metaphysical weird for the next one otherwise it's just like i i i i don't know what what else they need planning. to bring the nine pieces of eight and free <laughs> calypso
0: mm-hmm. Good
1: point. Bring Good it to the point. radio
2: tower. Uh, make sure that it's broadcasting. Figure don't
1: out. don't go into the radio. Save that for another podcast. We don't have time to talk about the radio tower tonight. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, to-
0: not- I
1: totally forgot. We got to keep
0: the conversation on Pirates 3 like with respect because Disney might copyright this episode and take it down. They're going to make us walk the plank.
2: Let's bring <laughs> back the pirate puns.
0: Okay. So I know you guys love Dead Man's Chest, but like... Walk me through like just the Howl Pirates franchise for you all. Because when I was like, I was like, I knew when I was talking to Mark, I was like, I want to, we're going to talk about the Pirates movies because, um, you know, I've always thought the first two were good, but I didn't know where people thought about the third and on Stranger Tide. I've actually, full confession, never saw the fifth movie. Um, But I always thought people didn't like the fourth one, which I saw in theaters. And that's kind of when I left the franchise um, but up until the third, I was like, this is like maybe one of the f- potential goaded trilogy movies, oh, but yeah. I didn't know that I'd agree it, with you there. I did, then I found out people didn't like at world's end, but I thought at world's end is kind of like the big Epic finale until at stranger tides was like the money grab. But then people were like at world's ends, the money grab movie. And I'm like, explain. Cause see to like me,
2: it. and I, I don't have a lot to say here. So I'll, I'll let Mark do a lot more <laughs> explaining, but like to me, 2003 was such a, uh, an interesting time because Not only was I not on the internet I feel just like most people in general Weren't we weren't aware, We weren't paying attention to who was cast In the next movie we weren't uh, Paying attention to the making Of these things and Pirates of the Caribbean kind of Just came out of nowhere no one was really expecting Much out of it and then everybody Saw it and everyone collectively was Like wow that was really fucking good and I was right there with them and then Dead Man's Chest came out, and I was like, "Wow, that was even better." Everybody else liked that, right? And I remember the people I went with, my family, were like, "Yeah, that wasn't as good." And I was like, "What are y'all talking about? Davy Jones, uh, Flying Dutchman, the Kraken? What are you talking about? It was so much good, Dirty, Salty Sea Dog Norrington. This is great!" And then everybody was like, "No, no, no, it's not as good. It's not as good." And then just like that ambivalence. By the time I saw the third one had just turned into outright hostility. I remember seeing at worlds End in the theater and everyone was groaning like openly, like groaning, like, oh, oh God, this is so bad. Why did you guys pay to see it then? Like, what, what did you expect? Cause I think, I feel like the thing a lot of people don't like about it is that it's very much more of whatever worked in the first one, but it is just like pushed to the extreme. The, the the uh humor is goofier jack sparrow is jack sparrow turned up to like 15 Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of people were just not really into that but me personally i was like this is great and it's well we'll get into it it's uh you know a lot more (laughs) interested in the backstabbing and the complicated convoluted plotting And it kind of holds off on that action till the very end. But dude, by the time the two ships were locked together in the whirlpool, I was like on cloud nine. I thought it was one of the most exciting climaxes I'd seen. And I think that's helped. And we will get into this as well. I think it's helped by, it's Gore Verbinski. It's not just some guy like making this. Mm -hmm. As CGI heavy as that climax feels, it's still like directed incredibly well it's like a ballet oh and i'm sorry to anyone who follows me on letterbox i'm basically just going to reiterate my
1: uh my reviews for this. it's not directed by like a rob marshall or like a joaquin roenig or like hey, any of these the fifth one
2: is at least a well, we'll a get movie the, and not like fifth... a made-for-tv movie the the fourth one is well you
1: yeah. know let, we, the we, less we, said about
2: the most expensive movie ever made, the better, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. That's an interesting tidbit.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mark, do you remember like where you were when you watch at World's End? 100%. This movie came out, uh, or I guess the Thursday night preview shows were the very last day of my junior year of high school. So I literally left my junior year of high school, went right over to the theater to catch the first show. A uh, my relationships, uh, my relationships, <laughs> kind of interesting because I didn't see uh, Curse of the Black Pearl until a couple months before Dead Man's Chest came out. Because I didn't think it looked that good when it first came out. I'm not a. Were you not I'm,
2: a pirate fan as a kid? You didn't like. Pirates? I was a
1: pirate fan as a kid, but something about that movie just didn't speak to me. Like this was the summer of Matrix Reloaded, Bad Boys Two, like big ol big old action movies or sci-fi movies that was way more what I was interested I was not interested in period piece pirate adventure movies regardless of I don't know the good word of mouth I will admit after more people started talking about how good it was I was like all right I kind of want to watch it but I never really felt that urge until right before Dead Man's Chest came out I think a couple months before I borrowed Curse the Black Pearl from a friend I'm like I'll give it a shot Loved it so much that I watched it twice in the same day. I usually, that is rare for me because usually I don't like to, I feel like uh, I get burnt out on movies pretty quickly if I watch them that much. So I kind of like to let them breathe a little bit. But I went right back and watched that one again because I had so much fun with it. Actually, I think part of it was that I was watching it with my mom and she fell asleep and she wanted to see what she missed out on. So I'm just like, I don't have any problem watching that again. (laughs)
0: the first one is
1: pretty different for like a live action like disney movie you know like it
0: was like it had action it had romance really great production values you know i think it just
1: helped i mean again jack sparrow was like the key to that movie because everything else works beautifully but if he's not there to kind of like i don't know offset all that like serious melodrama i think it might not work as well it's such a brilliant touch to have this just kind of just straight face nincompoop at the center of the story and he plays it so perfectly it i mean i i completely forgot that he was nominated for an oscar for this role and Mm -hmm. i it's one of the best decisions the academy ever made
2: i know everybody's (laughs)
1: like
2: tired of him tired of the whole jack sparrow thing we're, we're just gonna go into jack sparrow no, nothing yeah. else <laughs> but i know everybody's tired of like jack sparrow the character at this point but like i mean it is crazy just how perfect he was in that first movie for for that role i mean it was literally like watching someone uh, this is stupid and cliche and over dramatic but like or, or over serious but like I mean, literally, like one of the many roles that dude was born to play.
1: Loved uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, watch it twice in one day. Dead Man's Chest came out. Back then, it wasn't only until recently that I realized I liked Dead Man's Chest better, but I think because I was so surprised by Curse of the Black Pearl that I didn't, I, lo- I love Dead Man's Chest, but I didn't like it as much. I kept saying, like, man, we need more, we need Barbosa in this. I was ecstatic when we got to that ending and he walked up. He's like, so tell me what's become of my ship?
2: one of the best endings <laughs> in all yep.
1: lost my fucking mind uh, yeah and then so i was excited i was on board for uh, at world's end uh yeah went straight to the theater waited in line uh, saw the very first show and i did not pick up on that maybe because it's the very first show so it got all the super fans but i didn't pick up on any of that groaning everyone I saw it with uh my two friends and everyone in theater seemed to thoroughly enjoy it and I I was a little mixed on it I didn't hate it but I wouldn't say I was a fan but I walked out still having a good kind of having had a good time I remember being baffled at some of the decisions that we will talk about as we go through this episode a couple hours go by I get a call from one of my friends who went to a later show he's like I swear to God, you better not have liked that piece of shit. And I was like, "Whoa, is whoa. that a friend I like? Did y'all know <laughs> each other that long ago?" And um, because I was more, I was less willing to be uh, stand up for my opinions back then. I kind of just agreed with everyone, like, "Oh yeah, that's a piece shit." And I didn't come back to it until uh, I did a little rewatch last year when I was bedridden with COVID and. It's a very good movie. I there's uh, I don't know what everyone what what problems everyone had with it back then, but they're stupid, baby.
0: Yeah, I think honestly the biggest thing that hurts it is the runtime and maybe a few subplots, but other than that, it's a popcorn movie through and through for me. Like I just think the visuals look so cool, and oh, I love yeah. how we get like I agree with Mark. I love how Barbosa is like so big in this movie. Uh, Jeffrey Rush, who plays him, is super entertaining. Like, and also this movie realized we need to dial down the Jack Sparrow because we understand people are get tired of the shtick, so they don't introduce him until like thirty minutes into the movie, which is kind of interesting.
1: And but when they introduce him, mm-hmm. oh boy, <laughs> they go yeah. overboard on that Jack Sparrow. I feel like they
0: put a gun to Johnny Depp's hand ahead uh, and was like do comedic stuff for like the first 10 minutes on screen and that's i don't think so
1: i think they were just like johnny just do whatever you want and he's like oh boy
0: i've been waiting
1: because
0: that's weird because like there's a lot of parts where just comedic bits and he kind of looks at the camera like uh (laughs) you know like when he's talking to himself but i will say mark you you're right the first movie feels like a jack sparrow movie in the second movie, it feels like a Will Turner movie. And in this movie, it feels like a Elizabeth Swan film.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, she's the Pirate King now. Arg,
0: yeah. Like, Which... I think
1: she's the best thing in this movie. I wouldn't say Will
0: Turner was the best thing in the second movie. I would say Davy Jones was. And, like, you know, Jack, I think Jack Sparrow was good in it, too. Maybe Bootstrap. um, And Bootstrap Will Turner was awesome as well. Hell, yeah. And the Kraken, you know, like the Kraken oh, was just on a my roll God. in the 2000s. You get that, you get Wrath of the Titans and stuff too. Like the Kraken had a lot of screen appearances in movies. That was cool.
1: That's one thing that I don't like about this is the uh, the fact that the Kraken has just been killed off uh, well, can, by the time this. Can one we starts. get to
2: that? Because I ac- or can I say something about that?
0: Yeah, wrongful death. Not well. Like, prelude to Harambe for sure. Well, I
2: I, I want to say because I used to think the same thing and like. Because I, I, I love the Kraken. The Kraken looks awesome. I love monsters. I love sea monsters and seeing that thing, uh, see the Kraken attacking. and love that great. fucking
1: organ music that plays. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> However,
2: after watching both of them basically back to back, I think we've seen about every bit of Kraken action we can possibly imagine in the sequel. We get like three attacks from them, two of them pretty big set pieces. And, like, I mean, you basically see what all he can do. And I, one of the things I love about this movie in particularly, they set it up in the second movie, but I love that a subplot of this movie is the East India Trading Company trying to, like, and basically, essentially, like, uh, holding mythological deities captive just for their own gain. That is so astonishing to me i think i think that is such a cool uh subplot for this movie i think it's such a like an amazingly evil um and like devious motivation for these villains and having the the crack it is a shame that the kraken's like killed off screen or whatever but it makes it it's like a gut punch in this movie cuz i mean it is horrifying it is a sea monster it did kill a lot of people but like just seeing that it's just like thrown to the wayside, killed off screen so unceremoniously, it's kind of like wow, this like majestic, mysterious beast has just been offed by the, these insane men who want to r- rule the world, uh, rule and run the world. Yeah, and it's like that's I, I love that about this movie.
0: Yeah, it's because an Aldrich B uh, monster, sea monster, like it can be bad. But it'll never be as bad as fascist British uh, business It will companies. never
2: be as bad as capitalism. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. I get internet points for that.
1: Yeah, like, thank Still, you, Disney. I will say, I that's what I, I didn't hear Gore Verbinski or Elliot and Rossio talk about it. I just assumed that's why they took the Kraken out of this one because they did everything they could do with it. But imagine the Kraken in that final battle uh. in the Maelstrom. I had imagined the crack and just coming out of that thing like that. I would had be not, awesome.
2: I had not considered that. Why had I not considered that? That would be cool, but I don't know. I, I again, for the reasons I stated before, I love that it's like it is, it is, uh, it is these horrible, uh, fascist capitalists uh, going to those internet points, yeah. uh, yeah. doing everything they can. He's after the like- clout, <laughs> I mean. They're killing like magic. Like I, I I don't know. I love that as a theme. I, I think that's I think that's, oh, that's I do think
0: that I do think that the India the East India Company is like feels more of a relevant uh evil in this movie, which I liked because in the first two movies it felt like oh pirates are always getting in a way, but and then this movie it feels like you know they, they don't they be business this time around, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um well yeah, I mean, think the-
1: east india trading company has basically taken over the government and is mandating the uh execution of children like that's about as dark as you can get i do want to take one quick tan gor verbinski tangent right here because he also did the lone ranger which hayden and i both love yeah and that's another movie that like where it's basically all about how capitalism is just ruining the world
0: interesting and And it's using
1: this like kind of old-fashioned uh these old-fashioned genre trappings to uh to tell that story what's even more uh interesting about that is it's basically using like one of the most old-fashioned story ideas which is the western and it's kind of using like playful old-fashioned westerns that are all about how great america is
2: i on like the like american a, genre
1: the way yeah and it's he's using these uh genre conventions to tell like a more revisionist western story and it's more Lord interesting he is just the best
0: more interesting he cat he casts army hammer in it to literally eat the rich so to speak <laughs> you know yeah Now okay real hammer, quick before hammer, we yeah.
2: before we get real quick before we get off <laughs> Uh, this kind of Gore Verbinski Disney thing because I, I know a few years ago everybody loves to like point out the hypocrisy of Disney whenever Burton made the anti-Disney statement with with uh, Dumbo everybody was like oh you know it, it means nothing because you know they're just they're they're doing that to uh for like even really know what the, the point is They're they're just pointing out the hypocrisy i love that gore verbinski and burton are using disney dollars to do this i think it's funny <laughs> yeah
0: i i i do agree it's kind of like pointing it out he's he's just out there just putting his thing out because they he do a couple horror movies like up until this point i could have swore he did gore the, Ver- ring he did and, uh, the ring cure for wellness are the two mm-hmm. i think so this movie outside the first two it does have some like moments of tenderness mixed in with like kind of like freak shock value. Like I swear the CGI in this movie looks realistic. Like whenever you see the pirates on Davy Jones, uh, or on the uh, the fine Dutchman, like they look they so cool, looks so look good. So cool. They just kind of come out, you know. And there's a lot more violence. Like in the beginning of this movie, the two um Singapore women get shot in the head, basically. You know, mm-hmm. and you see like these guys at a bathhouse um, who it's a bathhouse, but they look like the most g- gross, vile, unclean people I've ever seen. Davy um, Jones
2: sticks his tentacles down Mercer dudes like face holes. And it's, yeah, I remember my mom literally going, no, th- this is this is disgusting. We well, should not let, and
1: that. let's not forget that dead man's chest opens with people being fed to crows. They're just yeah. tre- they're and hey, You see an eyeball and-
2: get poked out.
1: It is like he got a lot of cachet for the success of that first movie that they let him do whatever I think it he also wants.
2: Also helps that it's pirates, and part of the part of the thing everyone loves about pirates is that you know they they they're, they're cartoony. They have councils.
3: They're-
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the reason I love these pirates, but. I love the pirate lore and the pirate king and the pirate yeah. rules and all that kind of stuff in this movie. I know a lot this, of people.
0: Yeah. Stuff. I like how this movie is like the third movie and it's like, it's starting from the get go. The movie's a buildup to something big. And I like this. I like the journey to the buildup. I, um, like in the beginning when they're in Singapore, really great sets designs right there. Um, I think there's some dated stuff in it, but, I think it's still very entertaining. I love how Barbosa is kind of doing the whole Jack Sparrow shtick in his own kind of way. I think that's kind of entertaining. And again, I think this is an Elizabeth Swann movie. She is just like badass through and through. She gets attacked by men, but she can kind of hold her own. She she knows how to talk the talking, walk the walking away. You get the little gag with her with a bunch of guns, you know, and all the guys like, I don't trust you. And then <laughs> she has so many freaking guns it's like um, it's literally it a pile is, on the table
1: <laughs> it is a little weird how um chow yun fat Fang uh tries to sexually assault her as a way to release calypso yeah i mean
0: that's not great, there's
1: some dated stuff
0: uh,
2: i but this is i those. mean look that's not good this is a and this kind of goes to what we're saying it is a dark movie mm-hmm. like it, surprisingly dark and, no yeah. i mean
1: I, I i agree that it's dark but that's one of those moments where it it doesn't feel natural i don't know it doesn't feel natural to the darkness in the story that just feels like uh i i don't even know how to put it in the words that moment just feels very random and out of the blue
2: i don't like, want to be the person to defend that because Dear God, we don't need to. But we don't need to. I, no, no, I, and I'm not even oh, defending he's, it. I'm not oh, even Lord, defending he's it. doing it. No, no, no I'm not <laughs> defending it. I'm just gonna say to play devil's advocate. Uh, I think he I does devil's believe he,
1: that's a good movie. He
2: He does believe she's like the sea goddess Calypso, and it's all about like. I I don't know. Like, if you get into mythology, that <laughs> well, shit's how, fucked up. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I will how say far the Calypso thing- was he thing, willing
1: to go before he would have been like, oh, um, she's not Calypso. Just look,
2: all I'm saying is read any story about Zeus. Read any story mm. about Zeus. It's never a good.
0: It's never good. That's true. Good point. Um, I will say, though, this movie-
2: Probably could have left it out of a Disney movie, though.
0: This movie- <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I will say that the action though in this movie as well We talk about the horror aspects and kind of like the darkness of this movie The action in this movie is so great Like the scenes where they're escaping the bathhouse I'm trying to go in kind of a chronological order They escape the mm. bathhouse There's action-packed scenes there Some really good stuff um, And then when they get Jack Sparrow And then you get to the scene where the Flying Judgment Just randomly blows up um, a naval ship you know, it's very, like, brutal. It's very, like, quick. And it's like, yeah, you know, the Flying Dutch is back to its good good ways. And then you see that, um, you know, Davy Jones is being held captive um, by Lord Beckett, who is a piece of scum of the earth, you know? So,
2: so Cutler Beckett, uh, my friend and I, anytime we had a, anytime we would talk about a villain or a cartoonishly villainous person, we would call them Cutler Butler because we thought <laughs> we thought the guy's name was Cutler Butler. So to this day, I always call him Cutler Butler. But to to the to your point about the action, real quick, I don't think Gore Verbinski gets enough credit for being an amazing action director because like Brad Bird gets a lot of props because he worked in animation a lot and he kind of brings that to live action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think Gore Verbinski uh, outside of Rango has ever really worked in animation, but like, sort of like George Miller who kind of did an animated movie and took that as well. Uh, like, I just think he has such an interesting, unique uh vision when it comes to action. It's very vaudevillian. It's very like, uh, movement oriented and you're always uh, able to tell what's going on. I think he's sort of an underrated action director.
0: Yeah. He's not doing like a, like a lot of like cuts to like action, but he's also not holding the camera in place. To me, it feels Mm -hmm. like he puts actors in like wide shots. It has them all doing things and then pans over to an actor on a moving set piece and records Mm -hmm. that. And then animates.
2: Right. And just think about like how much goes into every, action set piece in these movies like mm-hmm. and and the camera I don't want to about
1: that that's exhausting
2: well right but but what <laughs> I'm saying is a lot is of money like, compared to the other biggest the, the biggest action movies right now the superhero movies where it's you know you're really just flying around with Tony Stark and Spider-Man and seeing him shoot lasers and stuff like that compare that to the I know we're not talking about Dead Man's Chest but like the wheel fight where every where so many different oh, things happen bang. in the wheel fight and you're also cross cutting to Elizabeth Swan having to share two swords with Pintel and mm-hmm. Getty and like mm-hmm. they're they're throwing everything back and forth to fight the the sea monster pirates and everything. And it is so well done. You're just like I, I'm like in awe watching that stuff, keeping up with everything.
1: Well, I think the thing about it is, and um, you guys might groan when I compare them to this, but like someone like you mentioned George Miller or Brad Bird. I'm gonna I'll throw Michael Bay in there. Directors Ugh, no, okay. who have, they they are aware of everything that's going on on the screen. And they're kind of responsible for crafting the set pieces. Like, that's something I noticed because I also watched On Stranger Tides today, which is Rob Ooh. Marshall. And you think Rob Marshall would be better at this because he's a musical director and choreography is a big part of this game.
2: not a
3: great musical director, though. He's not uh... Baz Luhrmann.
1: No. I'm I'm today years old when I realized Rob
0: Marshall directed that movie it explains a lot. <laughs> Chris, were you but,
2: aware it's the only thing I like to bring up with On Stranger Tides other than the mermaids are hot? But Chris, are you aware that On Stranger Tides is the most expensive movie ever made? No way.
1: Yeah. What Although until mess. the new
2: Avatar movies come out, maybe not.
1: But they yeah. uh, Let's just say Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz and some of the actors got really big salaries for that movie. I was going to say, wasn't he like the most highest
0: paid actor during this time on Stranger Tides and that later on? Yeah, it's like they didn't pay him a lot when the good ones were coming out, but they paid him a shit ton when the crappy ones were coming out. <laughs>
2: Hey, the most expensive movie ever made, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides officially holds the record with a budget of 378.5 million.
1: Jeez, it didn't even look that expensive. Right. No, it doesn't. It looks way cheaper than the Three Verbinski movies. And that's another thing I was going to bring up because we're talking about how good the action is compared mm-hmm. to nowadays. One of the things is he is aware of everything that's going on. He knows how it's going to cut together he kind of helps plan it out he basically he's kind of creating these vaudevillian kind of fantastic set pieces in his mind yeah. that's that's why the set pieces are far less impressive in on stranger tides or yeah. uh dead men tell no tales this another is g- reason is there's a lot of location shooting on yes. these movies and that kind of helps the cg to blend in a little more seamlessly. like I'm like, I'm not going to do any Marvel shit talking. I've done enough of that in my life. But those (laughs) movies are mostly green screen. They're mostly green screen and just kind of blurry people flying around this green screen environment. And like, I love Spider-Man No Way Home with all my heart, but that movie looked dated the first time I saw it. Those effects were never fully convincing. Watching uh, these movies again, these, this stuff still looks 100% Davey Jones looks amazing. It yeah. is very rare for me to see something in his movies and be like, okay, that's a little dated. Like maybe some of the stuff in Curse of the Black Pearl, but not uh, not the uh, second two. They look immaculate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. He does. I think Gore Vervinsky, which I was watching it and I was like, I, I said it a lot. I was like, it's crazy. This movie came out in 2007. It looks so good still. This guy, he has an impeccable taste for mixing night and day scenes because when it's at night, it's beautiful. It's long shots. You get that nice shot where the starry night and you see the black pearl riding yes. oh
1: God, That's one of the most beautiful, beautiful things I've ever seen, honestly. And
0: then, and then you get an awesome kind of Kind of gothic look of when Elizabeth Swan is leaving, is get is escaping the Davy, uh, the Flying Dutchman at night, and you get the nice lanterns mixed with the gross and griminess with the with the smoke and the fog. That's a great scene. Like he gets that, and then I swear every moment that it's like bright and early, it feels like um scenes of the movie. It looks like you're at the theme park, and it's like the the bucket just came down or the sprinklers being shot. It feels like you're in a water park, and if feels awesome it looks awesome you can it's weird in this movie more than any of the pirates movies i can like kind of feel the weather in a way like i'm like jealous that they're getting water sprayed on them when they're on the ship with the bright and glistening sun you know on them it just like i feel the locations in this movie same thing with when they're on the maelstrom like it looks like they're literally going to like sink into it. It's like, I don't know what a maelstrom would look like in real life, but this movie has always kind of given me that vibe of like, it looks like hell.
1: You know what I mean? It's terrifying. Like I've, (laughs) I mean, I've stated my love of disaster movies and part of the reason I love them is because like, especially aquatic disasters, like that's a really big fear of mine and seeing just open ocean, just turning into a whirlpool like that. It is Mm -hmm. terrifying, especially as convincing as it looks. I that's think, a good um, point real quick that's a good point though mark because when
0: i feel the rain and i feel the water splashing i feel the weather i feel like the that kind of elements there i get another movie real quick that i get that vibe from that does really well is crawl when it's raining yes when it's yeah. like tsunami like weather like that it's like wow i really feel oh, that. yeah and that's a really important <laughs> element when you have weather being a huge factor in your movie Another wow. thing
2: I really like about that climax in the maelstrom is when you look at it and and I remember the Internet reaction to it. Everyone was like, oh, it's the CG bloat. It's, you know, it's it's nothing but uh, digital imagery and it looks, it, you know, it's just a bunch of noise. And like, you know, you compare that to nowadays and it, it's insane because, I mean, it is very CG heavy. It's it's you can't necessarily do this practically. It, it's a wild, crazy idea. But then, like, I always remember, it's still just the Black Pearl and the Flying Dutchman, like, in the Maelstrom. Yep. Nowadays, I can't help but feel you would see the entire, arm- both armadas, like, going against one another. And you would just lose so much in, in all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, every action scene in every uh, action movie I can think of, like, big budget action movie, blockbuster I can think of recently – is just like everything in the kitchen sink, which sounds exciting, but it's somehow less exciting when you're watching it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mark, that's, what were you going to say before I cut you off ru- rudely, like we do on this um, podcast often? Well,
1: first, relating to what he said, um, is that uh, when I was watching that final battle, I had completely forgotten that it was just the Dutchman and the Pearl. I had forgotten <laughs> that the entire Armada was still back there. <laughs> and what so when they when they defeated the Dutchman, I was like, wait, is that it? Is the entire armada gonna back down just because <laughs> that ship's done? I'm like, oh no, they're still coming after them. There's more, but then they take them out surprisingly quickly. They just have to take out the endeavor, it's which just is a
2: blow up Cutler Butler, dude.
1: That's an awesome <laughs> ship, by the way. Uh, the Endeavor Cutler Beckett's ship. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, honestly. Yeah. All of these ships are pretty awesome. Like, even on Stranger Tides, Blackbeard's ship is awesome. Like, there's such a
2: I was grand gonna ask,
1: design to the uh, these ships.
2: I was going to ask what y'all's favorite ship is, but I feel like we're all going to say Flying Dutchman. I'm definitely going to say Flying
1: Dutchman. Flying Dutchman's iconic. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can get better than the Dutchman. I like
0: tentacle squid shit. It's my preferred Hell yeah. porn.
1: Hell Yeah. <laughs> Um, What I was originally going to say was that you were talking about how you feel the weather and the locations in this. One Mm -hmm. thing I like about this is the fact that the locations are so varied compared to the previous Mm -hmm. two. The previous two, it's pretty much just the Caribbean and it's bright, sunny, like it's like just in the middle of summer, bright, sunny days or nights where it's still hot, but it's all very tropical. In here, you've got them going through glaciers, which- it looks incredible. Like I'm a big fan of anything snowy in movies, and that stuff is incredible. You've got them, uh it's a lot more overcast than this one. I feel like mm-hmm. there's more rain. Like this, there's just a lot more variety. Like they get to the when they actually get to Davy Jones locker, like that feels different. Mm-hmm. There it's just I keep using that word, but there's a lot of variety in at World's End that I really appreciate. Yeah, they mix
0: Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. They make so much different, like kind of like how do i describe it like you're in singapore like hayden said but like you get like more like asian um like influence shipwreck and piracy cove is cool mm-hmm. you get and i think oh my that's really god cool.
1: i love shipwreck cove it looks yeah so you get awesome. so many different
0: nationalities of pirates and they're all together and i think that's really cool to kind of see different like <laughs> takes of like non jack sparrow yeah. looking pirates i think that's really cool it um, is cool yeah the, I like the how the Frenchman. Since I went to France for two weeks, you know, I like oh, I know French now. I know, I know, like that the French pirate, he's Captain Horse, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> he's like, I am the Captain Chaval, and I'm like, oh, Horse Captain, cool. See, I'll
1: we're lavishing. I think non-stop, they call him that ooh la la. Lavishing nonstop praise on this movie, and it's a great movie. It deserves it, but I'll go ahead and start being a little negative, just to kind mm. of. Uh, balance things out because one of the things i don't like about this movie compared to the other two is the fact that it takes itself and the lore a little more seriously like yeah now we've got we've got pirate lords we've got pirate meetups like the i love all that stuff it's just uh, like the whole fact is that they're all like they're kind of living this free life on the open ocean, but now they also have all these rules that they have to abide by. It's like, they don't seem that much better than the well, East that, India That's why company. I kind
2: of find it interesting. I, I'm not saying that they necessarily thought it out this way, but it does kind of expose the bullshit of the, because the whole time you're thinking like, what are we supposed to be pro piracy here? They're like <laughs> rapists and murderers. Like they're terrible people. And it's that whole like Rob Zombie thing where like he equates freedom with being evil and it's like the same thing it's like it's like no what the what the fuck (laughs) but i mean if you do look at it a little more cynically and you're just like oh they're all about like not losing their liberty but they're still bound to like this age-old code that's outdated and they're all like yeah this is frankly bullshit but we still do it yo we're we're honorable my rich life for me right i i kind of like that but
0: i understand how it's like come on Gore Verbinski was the kind of guy who rooted for the bad guys in the movies is what I feel like.
1: I well, that. the Gore Verbinski, he's got a um, he kind of started out his history is as a punk rock guitarist. Like he played in a lot I of uh, punk, ba- which is funny when you see him because he's this quiet, older, like he's not fat, but he's a little heavyish gentleman and he's so soft spoken and he's. That's how my friends describe me. <laughs> he just seems like a big old like quiet nerd and then you hear that he was a punk rock guitarist and like the themes of these movies really kind of play into that like that sensibility you can sense all right these movies were made by a former punk rocker and a history professor and a mythology (laughs) professor the biggest Fucking nerds and one secret badass.
2: Well, I I, I I'll yeah. also add because I did take specific note of this. I actually do think they are a little aware of what they're doing because they're they're like thing that they say from Pirates One is take what you can, give nothing back. Mm-hmm. That's not so different than the East India Trading Company. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it, but but it's you know it's it's us against them is the sort of thing. So yeah,
0: this movie is all about like the way of life ending and you either adapt and survive or you keep living and you die. And that's what the East India companies trying to show them. You've been doing this shit to us for so long. Now we're going to do it to you. And now you realize you're bullshit. And now you realize if you don't assimilate with society, you're fucking done. And that's what the whole idea of like the Kraken being easily killed, Davy Jones being held captive by his heart in the chest. And like, that's why like we talk about like, it's cool that the East India is the ultimate bad guys, um with like a fascist ideals because it's like they're adapting to the world that's been like punishing them for two movies now and uh i like that i like how the whole idea is like let's just run and keep doing what we're doing and they're like we can't do that anymore now Mm -hmm. they've exposed our bullshit now we have to either fight our old like ways and like figure it out after that or like just fucking you know become normal people in jail for the rest of our lives Hell yeah. Also,
2: is there anything, is there anything more stupid th- like Cutler Butler should have thought it through whenever he was like, we're going to put your heart on your ship, Davy Jones. <laughs> and yeah. I I, I kind of get that it's like, oh, he thinks he's in such control, he can like hold it right in front of his face. But at, at the same time, I'm like, dude, terrible plan. Terrible plan.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a Mickey Mouse villain for sure.
1: <laughs> get that wretched thing. Off my ship. God, he's so awesome.
0: I will say, though, this movie I noticed in this latest viewing, it's kind of a precursor to like as a negative, which I really do. But this movie is such a precursor to like the modern MCU jokes of big movies you know uh, no. like ships being blown up people fighting making jokes let's get married right now ha 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 and no, it's like that's making these like mcu comedy through and through it's like a building's falling on someone and they're they hear, not like one of the they're Avengers like go...
2: soy, they're not like soy jokes though they're they're actual <laughs> jokes they're not just like Well, that just happened like in the middle of the fight. My favorite Uh, idea
0: is like a building crushing someone in New York, and then the person about to die just hears one of the Avengers goes, What a Monday am I,
1: right? (laughs) Jokes have been a part of action and adventure movies for going way back. The MCU or Pirates didn't start that. The MCU just developed a particular type of humor that Mm. doesn't play for everyone. Oh,
2: it's, oh, yeah. And it's this—it's the fact that it's like the same humor through twenty, however many movies. You know,
0: it's, it's weird. I—I like should have done more of my homework. I didn't watch any other Swash Bucklers, like those Earl Flynn movies, or like the hey, did Kevin we. Costner.
2: I should have watched. Speak I for yourself. Have watched, I watched every one of them.
0: Uh, I should have watched. <laughs> uh, what is it? Waterworld before this to compare it. To, oh yeah, oh, hey, oh, maybe. Oh,
3: oh,
2: that
0: would be an <laughs> interesting double movie. feature. See now, Hayden knows that I don't do my homework before recordings. I hey neither it. do
2: i again again chris we've got so
0: much in common
2: <laughs> i didn't even watch the movie i've never seen at world's end i just made all <laughs> this up. uh okay I will say
0: i what did you guys think of keith rich's movie i remember that being a big deal when this movie first came out and in hindsight i'm like has he he always been a pirate though he looks <laughs> like one
2: i think it's kind of cute that they brought him in and i think it's actually uh Kind of cool, like it goes from being like a cute little nod where they're like, "Oh yeah, he based it off of Keith Richards," now they have mm-hmm. him in here, to where it's actually kind of like, "Oh yeah, that, that's a that's a good way of throwing him in here. That that's a perfect little fit. He doesn't yeah. overstay his welcome."
0: They should have put Rob Zombie in the movie. He looked like a pirate too. Oh, have and have well, Sherry Moon.
2: I mean, they're not done with this franchise.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> <He didn't remember
1: laughs> and, uh... Remember in Dead Men Tell No Tales when they brought in Paul McCartney to play like an yeah. uncle, and it's like, what the fuck is he doing here?
0: No yeah. way. I actually had not seen that one.
1: Spoilers. Yeah, it's fucking Javier, nonsense. It's Javier Bardem like,
0: reprises his role from No Country for Old Men, right, in this one?
1: <laughs> <Barrow>. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Salazar. He That's is...
2: Kinda, I kind of like five. I mean, it's better than four.
1: I, I feel I like four the I, it's, it's, I haven't it's seen five worse. since theaters. I remember... Feeling similarly about that in four, but Hayden and everyone say that five is better. So I guess I need to give that a rewatch. I mean, it's not great, but essentially, when you watch it right after four, it's you're like, wow, this is this is amazing. (laughs) amazing. I had completely forgotten that Will was the captain of the Dutchman. So I was just like, why is he just randomly showing up to (laughs) to talk to his son in the middle? My name (laughs) is Will
0: Turner. My father's a pirate. Can we talk about?
1: can we talk about this lore for a second because this is a question. I was going to say just... can we
2: can we talk about
1: Orlando Bloom but
2: <laughs> let's Orlando, talk about the lore. Let's talk let's about, talk about
1: Orlando Bloom in relation to the lore. Do they just Loreland not Bloom. see each other for 10 years at a time or is she allowed to go out to see and visit him cuz I
2: think that she could go out too. to see him but it's less romantic if she does.
1: My question no, is not-
0: he he has one. No, no, I mean for shore. the movie's
2: purpose. For the movie's purposes, it needs to be more tragic to be
1: romantic.
0: Wait, so like, if he can only be on shore for one day, what does he do on that day?
1: Oh, you. Um, <laughs> oh, we, we 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 don't have to. We don't. Have to I mean, there's a here. reason they have a kid.
0: Oh, oh, they have a kid. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, Disney's sexual innuendo. Oh, you didn't.
2: Oh, so you didn't stay for the post credits of At World's End either.
0: No. Oh, there's a post credit. There no is. No oh, no yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it. It says ten years later, and you see Elizabeth and their son, and then you see the green flash and the and the boat coming
1: up. Oh my um, god! Oh my god! He's There's pregnant also... for
0: ten years. Jeez. I look.
1: No, I mean he's like a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> I guess... <laughs> like a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> sorry, I don't
0: understand how me. pregnancies work. I'm sorry. That would
2: be bad. He shows up and she's pregnant. And he's like, whoa.
1: <laughs> uh, what's going on? I had for the longest time there's a post-credit scene in dead man's chest have you seen that one chris no i never i didn't know post-credit scenes existed till the mcu look i'm a dog lover and the post-credit scene in dead man's chest implies that uh the dog that uh, they found on that island, they have mm-hmm. replaced Jack with them. And the implication is that they are going to kill the dog to free... Until uh, this movie their God completely soul. redeems itself. Which I had never noticed. There's so much going on in this movie that I've missed the fact that that was the exact same dog and I have never been so happy. I makes don't know how absolutely the dog, no sense why that's the it same It makes dog, but... <laughs> no sense whatsoever. But a lot of stuff in this movie doesn't make sense. Nothing that Rigetti and Pintel does makes any sense. But now, everything... before we
2: start just shitting on, <laughs> on the things that don't make sense, I do want to commend uh what are the screenwriters' names?
1: Ted Elliott and Terry Rossi. I
2: want to commend them because I watched the bonus features on the second one and this one for like half second. They were literally writing the movies as mm-hmm. they were making them. Mm-hmm. And that is incredible that like, this is, this is such a, a a high watermark for like winging it. And as a
0: procrastinator, I respect the hell out of that. Like they're just I mean, like big fans of Drew Goddard. They're like, edit the script, give it to the actors that morning. They,
2: <laughs> they made it look effortless because I, I couldn't, other than, other than those little things where it's like, just a reference for references sake, the dog comes back or whatever. Other than that little stuff, I'd be like, yeah, they, they definitely thought this shit out. Like it's so convoluted and complicated. They have to. have.
0: Yeah. I heard that this movie was a production hell. And I wonder if that's why the movie's runtime is so long that they just didn't know what to keep and stuff. So in the editing room, they just kept it and spliced just it keep all writing it stuff so sense.
2: we can keep shooting stuff. So you can get back to the plot sort of thing.
0: Kind of. Cause this movie is pretty long. Like, i don't feel its length thank god but like when i think about it I'm like geez, this is a almost three hour disney movie like why is it that long i mean See. 10
2: minutes shy of of three hours yeah. mm-hmm. I... what, like what
0: could you cut out like in this movie though like i mean the I'm... odd like sexual harassment scene with you know Kira knightley you could cut that out um I feel like there's a lot there, there's a lot of pe- I'd
2: have you to like probably pay. cut. Str- I mean, you'd you'd cut chow on fat, but you could probably just cut to them at the ends of the earth and like uh got to like flip yeah, the boat.
0: But, but a lot of these scenes are just like long shots that are tracking shots to the ships. Like a lot of it is just like scenery shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they look amazing. And like the scene with her father dying, I was like, "Oh, I forgot he was alive from the second movie." To be oh honest, oh my god, that, that is that a heart, thats
1: a heartbreaking scene. I actually really like that one. Yeah, I I do too.
0: Like, I, I would say, would say his the, ap- the character is like I totally forgot about him. Like Jonathan I, Price,
3: mm-hmm.
2: how could you forget about I, I, the villain of tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow never dies. But um, Elliot Carver, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> but but uh, the thing about a lot of these things, you could lose. I know it's a long movie. I know it could stand to be a lot shorter. However, like you could lose Norrington in this movie probably like, but I love Norrington. But the thing is like weirdly, this sounds, this seems oxymoronic, but with long, with like long blockbusters, I I've definitely seen some that feel so like chop, chop, choppy to the next thing get to the next thing, get to the next thing. They like trim all that fat and it's still so long I don't mind this thing being long and it feeling like there's still some room to breathe in it. Mm. And it's
0: crazy. I I will say though, the pacing is good. Like, yeah, it's a longer movie, but like, it's a pretty, it's like a, it's like a roller coaster with a lot of turns, you know, like the first part of the movie is that huge climb. But once you hit down, the rest of the movie is just side to side, to side, to side, small little jump up back down. It's, it feels like that in a way for me.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: And it's like instead of seeing a bunch of like, you know, when you're up at the top, you see parking cars in a parking lot. You get to see really beautiful ocean landscape and swash bucklers. You know, like that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, is it? Do you buckle
0: swashes or
2: swash buckles? <laughs> like, what is what is a swash buckling?
0: Uh, I don't that's know. That's a genuine Not question. None
1: of us know. Yeah, none of us know where that term comes from oh, no, yeah I, know. I
0: just couldn't be a seaman you know i've already been at once i can't do it again so i don't can't know. go back yeah
1: <laughs> daniel if you're so- listening explain to us what is where the term buckling <laughs> comes from you're the expert
2: uh, do you buckle swashes or buckles? that's all i want to know
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: uh but yeah I, I like this movie. Like, I like to pretend that On Stranger Tide doesn't exist. And I like the idea of the ending. I always thought the ending of this movie was great, where he's going to go find the fountain of youth. You know, I've always thought that is a fun ending for this movie. If they didn't make any more, totally fine with it. Uh, you know, because history really explains what's going to happen to these pirates, right? Um, I didn't need to know anything more after. They're going
2: to they're gonna hijack uh, Captain Phillips's boat. Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: oh, boy. Uh, um, so my question is, is it called Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean?
1: Well, I think it's pronounced Caribbean. Mm. It's just they have such exaggerated accents that they say Caribbean. Ah. I uh, could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. It's crazy I that there was say. that one
0: scene at the end when uh, Barbosa goes like, we've got a new map here. And he opens it up and he goes... Oh my god, this is exactly what Jack Sparrow wanted. His final masterpiece. He cut the middle (laughs) of the map.
2: This is Jack's masterpiece.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He
2: he like puts the hat on in slow motion.
1: (laughs) You guys know who's an MVP or one of the MVPs of these movies? Jeffrey. Gibbs. Oh yeah, hell yeah.
0: Mr. Gibbs. There are so many
2: great smaller roles norrington gibbs uh even uh who uh who's uh mr cotton
1: uh wait mr cotton
2: the mute the mute guy with the bird yes oh, yeah Mr. oh my even
0: what about bootstrap little... bill turner though like i like bootstrap i think he's kind of a meme
2: oh dude he's great and he breaks my heart whenever like he's being taken over by the dutchman and yeah. Uh, and then he recognizes Will. That shit breaks my heart. Oh.
0: But hey, you, I, I, again, I think Gore got onto something really great in this movie. Cause like when, remember when Jack Sparrow is like a cage on the date on, on the Flying Dutchman and he comes out as like a part of it and you see his brain and he's licking it and stuff? Uh-huh. I'm like that's some like peak like horror kind of shit right there. However, I really like it.
2: However, there, I, I, I hate when people write better movies in their head and they're like, oh, I'm better than the movie i i did that watching it though when he when he's like wait a second and it's like the the, the little joke at the end of the scene to like punctuate it he says he's like looking around he goes wait i dropped my brain How, why didn't he
0: say i've lost my mind he should have said <laughs> <laughs> to me that's the mcu joke right there <laughs> Oh, that's it's like, oh, I was at Multiverse of Madness, and they made a joke just like that, and everyone laughed. And I was like, This isn't funny. Why are we encouraging this? Telpoff fee those... I, I could
1: I could get a job. I could get a job. That's one of those jokes where Elliot and Rossio didn't have time because they were uh coming up with everything on the fly. <laughs> the fact that I mean, the fact that these guys are also responsible, they also have a hand in the national treasure movies just shows that they're like big history nerds and they uh like I, I'm not surprised that they were able to come up with all this mythology on the fly. Mm. Oh yeah. I will say, uh, what
0: has a I I'm a sucker for like big epic um battles, but like I love the speeches beforehand, like the you know, the speech that the leader will give to rile everyone up. Where does where does Elizabeth Swan's speech rank up with for me, Aragorn's speech before the black gate mm, and Hector? That and, and uh, an Achilles Brad Pitt from Troy before they stormed the beach of Troy. To me, those three, I don't know which one's better because all three are pretty good.
1: They Hector pretty good. is Hector is the MVP of Troy. Uh, that movie man, that's might the not right be, answer. That movie might not be as good as the other two you've mentioned, but I mean, that speech, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember everything he did, he did in that movie just being awesome. So yeah. that could be the best one.
2: No, 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 Aragorn. Airborne. It's it is mean, not I, this day. This day we fight. That's
0: but you the, know, you know the vibe, right? Like it's like right before yeah. battle. Like the guy, right. somebody's gonna give like a speech. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing in movies.
2: I agree. I agree. I it, personally, my favorite line out of any of those is in a show that uh, does not exist. To mark, um, in the we don't need season to bring nine, all our
1: inside jokes in the the
2: season <laughs> two episode nine episode Blackwater from Game of Thrones.
3: Oh, That's a great uh, episode. There, there's
2: yeah, I know I know you've definitely watched it. Um, Tyrion gives a big speech before uh, the the fucking Baratheons break into King's Landing. And I don't really remember the rest of the speech, but he punctuates it at the very end by saying, those are brave men at our doors. Let's go kill them. That's the best way to end one of those speeches. And I kind of wanted Elizabeth Swan to do the same thing. Should have been like, those are brave men across the sea over there let's go fucking kill them. And everybody would have like, yeah, let's go kill him." <laughs> it does kind of undercut it that she gives this amazing speech and then they're the only ones to sail forward. The rest of the armada is like, nah, we're going to hang back.
0: Yeah, I love how I, I was saying after watching it, everyone's cheering. I'm like, oh, they were cheering because they didn't have to go fight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they raised the colors, but then they just like stand back.
0: They're like, nah. Yeah.
2: oh, we should have designed our own flags. That would have been fun. Although there's an audio medium so you know. just change like, your
0: twitter tw- change
2: your twitter profile to the flag of your choice i'll make a twitter and then
1: do it <laughs> and then make a flag one of my uh, favorite little things about this movie is how much time uh, tia dalma aka calypso spends with regetti and pintel yeah like i the fa- I don't know just like they're always just like they're there making jokes about all the uh, souls that are just floating in the ocean or they're joking they're about wanting to drop things.
2: cannonballs on the souls of the dead <laughs> and
1: she just walks up and contextualizes everything and they're like oh no and it's <laughs> like I, I don't know I love that there's this little buddy dynamic when no one else on the ship is looking after Tia Dalma mm-hmm.
0: yeah her she does good at this movie but like I feel like they did her kind of dirty in the script because in the second movie, she's pretty, she's a great actress, a good uh, character in dead man's chest. But in the third movie, it's like, how do we make it obvious to everyone, but the characters in the, show, in the movie yeah. that who Calypso is. And yeah. it's like, they kind of run out of steam with her in the beginning. She's pretty good in this one, but then eventually it's like, this I isn't even the same character anymore. Like I would Capone. agree
2: with you or, and and I do agree with that, but I love Davy Jones so much. And I love the romance, the, the, the idea that he was in love with like the goddess of the sea Mm -hmm. so much that I'm like, you know what? Love it.
0: Yeah. Love it. I I do like that. Like little romance. Like when he, she touches his face and he's like, not tentacles turns into
2: Bill Nye again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like that's, that's some good stuff right there. Also he's in underworld, which I was told about, and I need to rewatch the underworld. He's Victor, man.
2: It's
0: Victor. Those I haven't seen Underworld in forever.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, Mark, uh, th- we need to finish our watch along of the Underworld movies.
0: Are they inside right. the sequel worthy? Uh, oh, you Underworld know what, Chris? Evolution. Is Chris, let's just awesome. talk
2: about the whole franchise one day.
0: <laughs> one day. One.
2: <laughs> one day. Let's just yeah. do it. Like I'll do I, one because with- a few of them blend in together. So like, definitely four and five are just kind of more the same in my memory so we should just talk about all the sequels and
0: we'll have i'll have you on for that one and then mark and i can butt heads while we talk about the resident evil franchise savvy oh, oh I'm, I'm
2: down for savvy. that because i i like the underworlds more than the resident evils
0: oh i love those Resident evil movies except the last two see i like the last one the wrecking
1: city one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, that one. Oh, yeah, my like God. That,
0: that movie was like a slap in my face. It's the first movie in theaters I've ever seen where it's like 15 minutes in. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm done with this already. Wow. Oh,
2: come on, movie. man. It picks up when that big old fat guy on fire walks into that song.
3: Uh, <sighs> song. That you guys movie can be is a little crush. What? Hey,
1: Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Oh yeah, that's a good Let, one. Let's talk about Calypso a little more because once she returns to her god form and creates the Maelstrom, we just we never see her again. I wouldn't have minded like one more moment between her and Jones if she could like yeah. materialize in her human form, appear to him. Because I mean, she's a god, she can probably do anything. Mm-hmm. like just one more moment between them. if you them. just see her
2: face reflected in the sea
1: or the clouds or something. Or she like, sh- after he falls off them. Um, like Anna Valerius after- at the end of Van Helsing. <laughs> I need to rewatch that so I can get these references. They need
2: to make a sequel so I can come and talk about it's it. It's weird that inside. she's
1: made out of crabs.
2: She is like a crabby lady. <laughs>
1: So did I mean she... the he's done. He's, done. he's done. I mean,
2: I mean attitude, not anything uh, venereal.
1: Did she have anything to do with the crabs rescuing the pearl in Davy Jones locker? Has do you to. think it's the
2: same crabs? It has to be. I think because she knew how to get there. Now here's a question. How did she resurrect Barbosa? I I know I know why she resurrected Barbosa because she needed him to free her from her. Human bonds bondage, but how did she do it? Did she sail to the ends of the earth and flip a boat and get him out and everything?
1: No, because he, he was wa- the Kraken, yeah. So he, uh, I do mean, he she probably she probably just had someone bring his body to her and she's like, Thanks.
0: I think they That's gave Jeffrey Rush a big, big check, and he was like, Yeah, I'll do it.
2: So, like, yeah, I'll <laughs> walk down a flight of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Again, one of the greatest, one of the greatest endings yeah. ever. Okay. But no,
0: I agree. I totally think there should have been closure though with Calypso and Davy Jones because Davy Jones does die unceremoniously and falls into the maelstrom and that's it.
2: They're not done making these movies. Bring him back. Like baby.
1: one little moment when he's like in the water, like one little moment between them, I think would have been beautiful. Cause at a certain point, like after she, after the maelstrom's created, you just forget about her and she's such an important part of the movie. I love a She's good literally a plot fall. Line.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a shame. But I love a good falling death for a villain. So the last time we see Davy Jones falling directly into the middle of that giant whirlpool, that's kind
1: of cool. Oh, it's I mean, very yeah. cool. But I love a good follow up to a falling shot.
2: That's true. Maybe, maybe they should have had two uh, post credit scenes.
0: Yeah. I just, <laughs> I think this movie has a lot of great things, but then I think they don't keep going with it. They kind of just stop it to, for the sake of pushing the plot to other things like, um, what's his name? Lung, Lung, uh, the, the pirate King that dies and gives it to Elizabeth Swan. What's his name? Shelfing. Shelfing. We don't know much about him, but then we unceremoniously kill him to advance the plot a little bit more. You know, it's like, well, like, what's his well, he intention? he does try and
2: assault Elizabeth Swann's. What
0: I mean, like, before that, like, why does he hate Jack Sparrow again? And why is he, you know, doing all these yeah. other things? It's like, I don't know much else about this character other than his crew basically serves as Kira Knightley's the entire time. And then yeah. when they ask who he fight, who the allegiance is, the highest bidder, is, is Kira Knightley that the whole movie? You know what I mean? Hey, why did the Black Pearl get two pieces of eight bearers on it?
2: Barbosa and Jack Sparrow were both bearers of
1: pieces of eight. That is actually a good question. You know why? Because this
2: movie was written in like four days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. One of my favorite lines in this, though, is um, when Gibbs is explaining Is it Gibbs or Sparrow who's explaining to Raggedy and Pintel the uh, plan to bind Calypso and what the pieces of eight are? And it's like... Gibbs. Yeah, it's Gibbs. And he's like, the original plan was to bind Calypso to nine pieces of eight, but the original lords were flat broke. And Pintel's like, (laughs) so change the name. Yeah, (laughs) he's
2: (laughs) like... Well, we can't call it uh eight pieces of whatever we have in our pocket.
1: Yeah, I like
0: what they're <laughs> fighting and then Jacksburg goes like, Whoa, that's politics. that's politics for you. I'm like, aha, they're making that's fun a of great
2: politics. Line. That's great so funny. line. Honestly, I kind not I kind of exist
1: in the pirate world, but whatever.
2: <laughs> it's the same thing as like uh, whenever I see uh british parliament going at it i'm kind of like i wish we i wish we did that over here and aired it for everybody <laughs> to watch so if i go like oh, the- oh, yelling at one another and fighting on tables and everything that'd be
0: awesome i love when they pull the codex out and Jack is reading it and he goes like oh of course or a parlay how fitting is that one it's like this guy knows everything about a parlay so how fitting it's turned against him um, yeah, I think this movie has some wittiness. There's some smart jokes here. There's a lot of, you know, jabs. And I kind of like that because Dead Man's Chest is, I think it's just a pure entertainment film. It's got a lot of good um, elements, but this movie is just fun. You know what I mean? I See, don't, I,
1: I feel like Dead Man's Chest. I mean, obviously I like it more, but I feel like that movie is kind of hilarious. I That's one of the reasons I like it more because, it is Mark so much this funnier one's
2: too dark too serious
1: yeah i mean i don't even mind that it's so much as it just it takes its lore way too seriously and i like that dead man's chest and black pearl both like they take their lore seriously they have this mm-hmm. deep lore but they just have yeah. fun with it and that's what this movie is doing too to a certain extent but sometimes i feel like it is a little in love with its own epic nature and that gets a little annoying but dead man's chest oh my god that movie has so many just pure funny moments like the fight in tortuga or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the like the the battle on the wheel where like they're um uh norrington and will are fighting while jack's just kind of stuck in it running on the inside like there's dude dirty dog
2: norrington (laughs) one of the best characters out of the whole franchise i love seeing him come back in this i love that he gets a satisfying into his arc Mm -hmm. but i loved him whenever he had lost everything in in the second movie. great Mm. great
0: character great character Mm. yeah i think it's weird i don't watch the first one that much but i always watch the second and third one why do you think that is i i I don't know like i think it's because like i like barbosa as like a good guy, more or less and as David the antagonist.
1: Jones? You know, and David, and oh, see Jones? I I love him as both. I mean I even though he's a pro he's a good guy in this, he's still pretty antagonistic for a good he, deal his, of it. His, Like he's just always uh dueling with Jack. Like they're always at each other. He should place.
2: have been nominated for a supporting actor mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as as well as Johnny for uh for Jack Sparrow. He de- I mean bar Barbosa is just one of the great characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just kind of like him in that kind of role of being like comedic, but also like on the quote unquote good guy side um, and not being the big bad because Davy Jones feels good like a big bad. You know what I mean? Oh.
2: And Davy Jones gets one of the coolest arcs. Like he goes mm-hmm. from being like this badass, heartbroken, romantic, cynic, like mythological, evil guy. To being like just castrated and like being used as a pawn. And then when he gets his mojo back at the end of this movie, oh baby, I'm like cheering. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, Davey, get him boy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's, pirates a will be pirates. I wanna, there's a joke I want to ask you guys about. How do you feel about um <laughs> when he has this big confrontation with uh, calypso and he's uh I reached my 10 years, I went on to land. And you weren't dead, and yeah. she's like, It's just my nature. That yeah, feels like, like a Marvel joke, yeah.
2: Oh, because did... she's like nature. I didn't even think about it that way.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: You I think just she... took it as like, wow, like he simps, but like he is definitely not like, like he is definitely very self-conscious about it because. Bitches is running around doing whatever she wants and that's why he loves her but like like i mean kind of ruthless dude honestly she's like she's like would you love me if i would have waited for you and i actually would have like been there and he's like no <laughs> <laughs> like i mean they are toxic one of the one of the most iconic toxic relationships of our time
0: Honestly, i stand that stuff <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. amen they're yeah. like...
2: Uh, well, no, they're not like Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly.
0: <laughs> okay. Besides that, do you guys have anything else you want to say about we've Pirates got of the like Caribbean?
2: About, I mean, we've got to talk about Kieran Knightley and Orlando Bloom because I feel like they get short shrift. I feel like a lot of people just write them off as boring tags in a world full of more colorful characters, but I think they're pretty much the perfect like, versions of the boring pro tags in movies like this
0: yeah i like here nightly more but will turner oh, i've just never veg with and i think that's maybe partly why i don't like the first movie is because it's a will turner kind of movie well that i mean it's he's like the he's like the yin and yang to uh to jack sparrow but then even in dead man's chest he gets way too much screen time because of his dad and it's like i get that but at the same I time like
2: will turner though
0: I love my dad, but like, am I gonna no. like sacrifice ten years of my life with the love of my life for one day? You know, like, what's to the hang ratio out with your there? dad? Yeah, it's oh, like ratio he... plus L. Like, will you cover. know what though? Like, it's not, not just
2: you know what though. It's not just like just hanging out with your dad, dude. You're on a boat. That is awesome. I I would do it. I like being on boats. Being on boats is is. Dude. I guess. I mean, as long end, as he's... you
1: got people to go on to go ashore and get you whatever you need. I mean. <laughs> It seems, it does kind of seem like a lot. And
2: again, she can come on the ship.
1: Yeah, she can. Is she will the she? first woman to step on that ship? Because it sure felt like it.
2: Well, that's the thing is like the end of this movie, she, she will eventually come on the ship. But the, the thing in this movie is like at the end, dude, it's just, it's just dudes being bros. Like at the end of the movie, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we might come back for you. We are going to sail the seven seas. You know, we're. We're gonna be bonding on this boat
1: it's nothing but vibes that's something we haven't talked about we can finish talking about will and uh, elizabeth i think we're we get done to talk talking. about i think
2: we're done talking about
1: we very like i agree them. with we you like I, love them. Them. I love them i uh i always tend to sympathize with the kind of more boring male protagonist that has to go up against the uh rogue because i i don't know i always i always feel like that character the one who just doesn't stand a chance against someone like that although i guess will stands more of a chance than uh jack so that not that might not be a good example but like i think back to hayden's favorite movie <laughs> bram stoker's dracula oh, yeah. i find myself <laughs> way more sympathetic to the uh piss poor keanu reeves character just because he doesn't stand a chance uh, compared to Dracula. Carfax. And I'm I feel <laughs> like I I feel like I wouldn't stand a chance Dude, either. Chris,
2: you kinda look like Jonathan, you kind of look like Keanu Jonathan Harker right now.
0: I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, that's so nice of you to say. <laughs> Traveling to Budapest this morning.
1: Okay. Uh, I know that we are, I feel like we are running low on time, but we gotta talk I about this. I know the music. where the
2: bastard sleeps.
1: <laughs> the music in these movies by Klaus Bedelt in the original and Hans Zimmer in the oh. second and third is oh. some of the best oh. right Hans now. I've, I've got the movie playing in the background and we've got them, uh, walking to their oh, this is a great shot, the final way. battle <laughs> and Zimmer's bringing out the electric guitar for this moment.
2: <laughs> oh my God. It's just this little it, eyebrow, uh, David Jones gives this
1: is so, so good. So good. So good. perfect Perfect. so wait who did i'm sorry who did the score for this third one uh this is hans zimmer he did the second and third it was um klaus badelt who's one of his protégés did the score for the first one and he kind of came up with all the iconic themes like i was gonna say Mm -hmm. or uh you know he's a pirate but hans zimmer kind of expanded on that and created all this all these unique themes for the second Baby and Jones, third. it's not um, a it's the previous movie but yet yeah, the Kraken oh God there's like some of the music that the Kraken gets like there's this little organ cue that mm-hmm. plays as he as mm-hmm. it's destroying the uh, the first the first ship we really see it destroy. It's just I get goosebumps. Like these movies still give me goosebumps, and that's part of why I love them so much. How it's, awesome is
2: it that so much real estate in the Flying Dutchman is devoted to one organ? So cool. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: cool.
0: It's weird that movies kind of regressed from these pirate movies in in sort of like scale and like design and like practicality. You know, it's it's weird going want to watch this. But like, man, this stuff looks great, and like now mm-hmm. it's like I see any like marvel mcu tv show and it's like that doesn't look good like they look like the vfx team took a day off you know what i mean And none
2: of the environments ever there's just not as much thought or care put into all that all the design you know
0: True, but then but again, even, we're talking to a show versus a
1: movie. But at the same time, I'm, I'm still, including no, I'm including
2: the movies, even like, the
1: Marvel movies. They don't yeah. like even something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which those are probably the most extravagant uh, Marvel uh, movies in terms of uh, design. Maybe those and Thor Ragnarok, those uh, don't reach the levels that you get in these movies.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It just feels like this. This felt like the last hurrah for me for like Disney's live action, like movies Mm -hmm. in terms of like not being a superhero or star Wars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because like they ended up making two more and I saw one of the two and I thought it was God awful. And the next one felt like it was a last grasp for the franchise.
1: Mm -hmm. I will say Disney, at least with their live action adaptations of their uh, animated films, the ones I've seen, those are the ones where they kind of they are still going all out on the production design. Like, mm-hmm. male, I would the agree Maleficent, with that. The Maleficent <laughs> movies in particular, especially the second one, that has some rich production design to it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish they'd bring some of that over to the MCU.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Although I hear those Maleficent movies are, you know, you're either a Don't fan or you're not. Don't say
1: anything about the Maleficent movies. Don't talk present.
2: about Mistress of the Dark that way. Chris.
1: Goodness.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll
1: have to do my homework and rewatch the first one to
0: get to the second one.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's kind of a beautiful movie. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, guys, you guys have anything else you want to say about the pirates movies? I'm surprised we didn't mention the pirate triple X parody films that got a sequel as well. Oh,
2: so I worked at Blockbuster <laughs> ages ago. And uh those were because you know, we didn't have porn at Blockbuster. Oh, I the closest know. we had yeah, the closest we had were those uh, edited Cinemax movies like the Pirates and Pirates 2 Skagnetti's Revenge or Stagnetti's Revenge. I forget which one it
0: is. Skinemax edited ones. That's a Jesus perfect way Christ. to put those. Dude,
2: we <laughs> should do Stagnetti's Revenge one day. Like
0: uh, as an April Fool or something. <laughs> it's, it's just for lols, you know, to get yeah, the it's, viewers it's the back sequel, in. It's the sequel. Yeah. Well, I'm glad like we got to talk about at least Pirates early on because one, it's a blockbuster and two, it's a summary type of movie and june is just perfect for that kind of shit for both of those things and we got to cover it i gotta give you guys credit thanks for coming on for uh for talking about
1: talking about like the great shots in this movie one of the great shots in i don't know maybe cinema are the ships the armada approaching through the fog for the final battle like you barely see the one ship showing up through it and you think Okay. And then you slowly start to see just how many there are. And it's just like, again, it's a director who understands the, this is going to be so pretentious, but whatever, the majesty of cinema and how it's a visual art form. That's one thing I wanted to mention. And number two, I talked about the like little buddy dynamic between Pintel Raghetti and Tia Dalma. I love that Raghetti is the one who frees Calypso. He's the one that uh, tells her that (laughs) phrase in the most loving way, which makes me wonder, does uh, my boy, who, by the way, for the longest time, that was the celebrity I was told I looked the most like, and it was very (laughs) distressing.
2: You don't look anything like him.
1: Uh, Well, here's the thing, because he is Gareth on the BBC office. He's the British version of Dwight, and I let a handful of friends borrow that. And because of that, that I was always told, oh my God, you look like him, Mark. And it was a fucking nightmare. Mark, don't but worry. He you looks don't look anything like he, he, In that show, especially, because in this, he's a little dirtier and he's got the glass eye. In that show, I do kind of feel like he looks like me. And maybe they just drilled it in my head, but I hate it. I hate, hate it. it. <laughs> anyway, uh, nowadays, people tell me I look like Owen Wilson, Woody Harrelson. I like those a lot more. But I love that he's the one to free Calypso and it's like makes me wonder if he genuinely is in love with her because he doesn't have a shot with her, which is kind of its own little heartbreaking thing. He was, just, anyway. he
0: was the real charmer on the Black Pearl. Little do people know.
1: <laughs> anyway, that's all I wanted to say.
0: No, well said. I appreciate it. I, it's a little detail like that is why I want Mark Warner on my podcast.
1: I like um, little details.
0: Little details and little less Michael Bay. I'm always happy with that. <laughs> Michael Bay is a
1: movie that's chock full of little details. <laughs> movie, filmography. Hence
0: the heavy drinking on recordings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Mark, I want to thank you for being on here again uh, and giving me the chance to uh, talk about another franchise that you know we both like and uh, have some fun with it. And uh, hopefully get to get you have you back on again um before another six months we take a break if that sounds okay
1: <laughs> i give you a hard time but i am thrilled anytime i get to come on here anytime you need me
0: yes that's what you better not be
1: teasing about those resident evils we got to talk about oh th- at least I, I, one of those don't
0: worry uh, don't worry we will because i when you messaged me we talked about that i was like oh buddy we got it we got to have this <laughs> we have to have this like fight on the on air you know so <laughs> uh but hayden thank you for being able to stomach being on a three-way call for your first ever Inside the Sequel appearance. Absolutely.
2: Look, I love uh, I love uh, joining my buddy Mark on these podcasts. I always think it's fun.
1: This is actually the second uh, Jerry Bruckheimer-produced uh, Ted Elliott, Terry Rostio written sort of movie that Aiden and I have podcasted about this year. That's
2: ah. true. I, I keep forgetting that we also, were...
1: Yeah, we did a National Treasure 2 double with uh, Lindsay... And both of those movies like share those things, and they were both released in 2007. I just think that is a, it's a bizarre coincidence that only I would notice. But uh, I think it's, it's funny, pretty cool, baby. It's funny we're talking about
0: National Treasure 2 because that was the last recorded episode I did last year. So. That's right. Yeah. Oh, That's
1: man, the one you, that did me in. So you jumped straight from a 2007 Jerry Bruckheimer to another 2007 Jerry Bruckheimer.
0: There you go. It's kind of funny Perfect. how that shit kind of works on this podcast. Yeah, I knew I had to have both of you on when I last heard you guys were on uh, uh, the Film Feast with Matt Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I got to get in on that. That would be fun. That,
2: that action. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah.
1: And you've actually, you've kept, us, uh, you've kept us at a short recording. You always manage to do that because we we run up those run times when we're on Schlock and Awe, our yeah, Film Feast. I feel bad you for know Matt. How to...
2: We run all over him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You know how to keep it brief. You are you are into the whole brevity thing. I'm into the whole.
0: You, you know me. Like I like to get in, I like to get out. You know. <laughs> this man
2: lives a life. He's got shit to do.
0: <laughs> That's right. We don't have anything to do. Hell no. Hey, hey. Like I said though, you guys are welcome anytime. I'm happy we got to talk about this, and it's a movie like we all agreed upon, and we have some like similar thoughts, which is really nice and refreshing. You know. Mm-hmm. So hell yeah, I- we'll have to come
2: back and talk about uh, Halloween Kills at some point. <laughs>
0: it's not that long until we have all three of us back on but uh no. when, whenever that movie releases for sure we'll have to have to have people talk have a people encourage us to have that kind of conversation although oh boy. halloween oh boy. kills much like um <laughs> well no as you say multiverse of Madness was kind of similar it's like i liked it and then i more i thought about it i was like oh no i don't think i like the movie <laughs> <laughs> i didn't
1: have to wait that long to come to that realization. that seems to be the story with a lot of people no, it's all Although, good. do yeah.
2: love the ice cream song. Love yeah, the I just, ice cream
1: song. Jesus.
0: I need a Malignant 2 to come out so I can actually have it on this podcast.
1: Oh, dude, put that in the air, please. <laughs> I would kill for Malignant 2. Malignant 2 would be like the cinematic achievement of the decade.
0: Oh, man.
2: well, he's got to get out of the brain prison. The brain get prison. Get of-
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't I mean, remember it-
2: she locks him up in the brain prison at the end.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a little flicker showing that he's not fully gone. Yeah.
2: She says, "Next time, I'll be ready for you." Next time, and <laughs> she slams the thing, and I'm like, "You
3: go, girl!" <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> oh, malignant! It just got a 4K release, actually. Too, I don't know if you saw that, Mark. Fuck! I need to go buy that. Ah, somebody actually tweeted, like finally got that 4K release from Malignant." I was like, "Just now? People wanted that?"
2: <laughs> we gotta, we gotta see it in a. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on 4K, so.
0: There you go. It's a. It's just. A, it's a government conspiracy to to make people spend more money.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, I. This think guy. Of. This guy and I both bought our new 4K TVs around the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, real quick. That's why. That's why I I hate. I hate 4Ks because I don't think there's that much of an improvement. I mean, I think it's a scream. Scream Factory publicity stunt to sell movies that weren't selling well. So they well, put that's these. Movies-
2: the- that's the thing. Oh, you think it's Scream? Factory. <laughs> oh, do not give me star on Screen Factory. But th- that's the thing. Is like we tested it out when last time like Mark, uh, we hung out in person. We uh-huh. tested out a 4K Blu-ray and the Warner Brothers logo at the very beginning looked fucking immaculate. It looked better than anything I've ever seen. And then it goes <laughs> to the disc menu and the actual movie. I'm like, this doesn't look any fucking different. What, the- what
1: on earth? What? Not every movie, but I have a handful of movies that really pop in 4K. Look, say what you want about Scream Factory, that 4K transfer of Krampus Chef's Kiss. Hey Chris, you heard Immaculate. him? I he said
2: uh, let's say anything we want about Scream Factory. You know yeah. what my favorite recent thing is that that they did? They uh, announced that uh, incredibly okay. shitty art for a uh, Curse, <laughs> and then just like didn't put it, didn't put it on the disc. <laughs> that art looked so bad because their art always looks terrible and then i like sent a screenshot i was like there's no way and then of course if you order it from them the special collector's edition or whatever oh, with like yeah. yeah with an interview with like the the caterer or whatever <laughs> only, it's gonna be the only special feature of it. <laughs> of course they're gonna send you their shitty art in a poster tube that you can't do anything with and don't want to put on your wall and, <laughs> And like I, I think they just scrapped
0: the poster and everything. They did, they did. And There's it is, no. It's like, well, is this the first movie with no alternative art? That's part of the collector's edition. They're like Good Riddance. Also, no, no, they they, they
1: do have alternative art. They have the theatrical on one side and the unrated on the other, that's and you can true, differentiate man. them by the color of the cover and the fact that it has unrated written on it. Like that's that a stamp, genius move. That stamp
2: font. Yeah, uh, I will
1: say. I did ha- I did hang their strangers artwork on my wall for a couple well, of years. Well, you love the strangers. That's creepy. I do. But the fact that also they did pretty decent artwork for that. I mean, I would never hang up that so I love Silver Bullet as much as you love Strangers. I would never hang that up. On well, cuz the Silver Bullet artwork is dog shit. <laughs>
0: okay. I was I think Screen Factory can't. The fact that Screen Factory can't get their cover arts, let alone getting bonus features on their collector's edition, like they put out. They just recently put out the Ghost in the Darkness with um, Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas, and oh, it I has. And it has no special features. Is it
2: a collector's edition? I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I don't think it's a collector's edition, but it's a Screen Factor release that they had a big announcement for because it's never had a Blu-ray release. And yeah. I remember earlier this year, I was like, it's going to get a Kino release. It has to. And right. it would have might as well have been because there's no fucking special features, but they want $22 for it.
2: Of course they do. I love that movie too. Their shot selects are usually like... A lot of those are like Hayden movies. I'm like, damn, I, yeah, I remember watching that growing up. And then it's always incredibly disappointing special features or just
0: nothing yeah i i I feel like if you're gonna charge you 20 dollars, even if i won't use them i want them in there you know what i mean yeah yeah it's like it's like i won't buy a brand new screen factory release unless i know i want the slip cover and i like the movie a lot but Mm -hmm. if it doesn't have a slip cover it is it's a collection edition i look for that shit used and i'll just buy it used
2: you always have somebody going yeah but once in a blue moon, they'll put out an urban legend, and it's just like no one was asking for that. No one was asking for Oh, I like urban, urban legend. legend,
0: although I'm gonna I say I'm urban been, I've been saving up for the 88 sure films release but, of it, but I mean, sure. But were you oh, come I, I'm on, saying man. Were you, you don't need Bloody asking, Mary
1: is I've I'm never saying, seen we, it, but I want to watch it. So we cut off Hayden, what were you saying? No, that's
2: okay. <laughs> I was saying, I was just trying to say, no one was asking for the six hours of special features on urban legend and it's like that's good enough to get them by for every thing
1: <laughs> that they just kind of like oh, man. throw out there that was that's a genuinely great release like that's i that's why i will never fully hate them because every well, now they and
2: used then to put at least half of that effort into everything
1: that's true they don't care as much about their movies now but
0: i can't buy slipcover we will get a... oh go ahead
1: I was just gonna. One of these dates, we'll get another release with as much effort as Urban Legend. <laughs> I think it. Sometimes oh. it speaks volumes that like they'll they'll be able to interview someone for one release and then they can't interview them for the other. And it's like were they just not available or did they just not want to be interviewed by them again because they had a bad experience. Like they interviewed Shannon Elizabeth for Thirteen Ghosts and then she is absent from the Cursed <laughs> Blu-ray. And it makes me wonder if she wanted to be interviewed or if they even bothered to try and get an interview with her. Like, I want to know what's up with that. I, I love
2: the kerfluffle of, they sent out a press release without proofreading it saying that, Oh yeah, you're going to see the version of curse you've never seen before. And then two minutes later, they're like, Oh wait, that was the original press release for the original unrated Blu-ray. And we just didn't change it. Sorry. (laughs) we don't have the Craven cut. It doesn't exist. It's just like, Oh, thanks. Thanks for uh, getting
0: my hopes up. But Mark, where can people find you so we can get these hot takes?
1: Uh, find my hot takes on the, on the old Twitter at the shape fourteen capital T S a T S Jesus Christ, capital T H E underscore capital S H A P E one four uh, find me on letterbox that's where you'll find uh, most of the hot takes you'll rarely oh. find a single negative review on there uh just look me up on there mark Warner. look me up on my name
0: that letterbox is goaded i will say there's so many conversations i have with daniel i'm like do you
1: see mark Warner's letterbox
0: <laughs> so hayden where I'm, can
1: people I'm find honored. you that's the that's the reaction. Uh, I you
2: can find me on oh. the Letterbox as well at Hayden okay. Comes Alive, and uh, actually just updated my bio. I now am sharing the link publicly for uh, my horror short stories that are collected in ten different volumes of different anthologies. In case you're a horror fan, you want to check those out. So I've 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 told myself I'm going to start plugging those more regularly to hopefully get me back into the habit of writing every day
0: so hell yeah nice. positive reinforcement for myself right. well i'll have to check those out as often as i check out mark water's letterbox it's like daniel and mark Warner is like my go-to letterbox reviewees. it's like what did they think yeah. about this movie so i could know how i feel about this movie i just saw
1: <laughs> this is the power um, i dreamed about having as a kid <laughs>
0: right well that's now it was it's going good.
1: to drive him mad
0: <laughs> he's like now he's going to be stressing out every well what's chris going to think if i put this down let me think about it again
1: <laughs> no i'm going to be purposefully i'm going to be purposefully rating movies to get uh, a specific reaction out of you
0: here we go breadcrumb reviews <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh big blads thank you for coming on
0: and being on inside the sequel uh, I had a lot of fun. I even learned a lot too, which is great. And uh, I hope to have you two on again before Halloween ends comes out. And I end myself too. Um, but other than that, if you are rewatching those Pirates of the Caribbean movies, do you really care about cinema? Anyway, we'll see you next time.